Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now here's your host, J.P. McAvoy. Hello and welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Thanks for joining us. On today's show, we've got Sam Malloy on, who's a lawyer himself, but also you'll hear is uh, well-experienced in building automated virtual law firms. And he's done uh, a number of those uh, to great success. In fact, he's been rewarded for it. And we'll talk about all that on today's show, The Millionaire's Lawyer. Sam, thanks so much for joining us uh, here today, uh, all the way from uh, sunny Los Angeles. How are things looking down there? Very good. Absolutely great. Thank God. How are you? Very well as well. Thanks. Yes, uh, things are starting to open up. We're, get, we're starting to get there, obviously, which is wonderful and great. Uh, so great to see you here. I asked offline just before we started. And I'll ask again here now because I see two gold records over your, uh, your left shoulder to me. It's your right shoulder. What are those for? You've been, are you a recording artist in addition to uh, lawyer and uh, internet guru? They look like record labels, but they're an award by ClickFunnels awarded to those people who have created a funnel that has generated a million dollars online using the funnel concepts. And I actually have a third one coming actually over the, over the weekend. So I got one every year for the last couple of years. It's just a way to be basically be able to use the funnel system, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And I've been able to apply it for offering legal services and you know for law firms. So that's unbelievable. And what a great segue into what you actually do, obviously, right? Uh, no coincidence, they are posted there. And to imagine a third one's coming. So you're saying those are awarded for generating over a million dollars. Is this what you generate for firms that you've been associated with yourself or for other yeah. for client firms? So your own firms, you for generate that, those types of, yeah. Okay, so let's dig right into it then, right? Uh, and maybe for, I mean, I think people have a general sense of what a funnel is, but uh, can you take us through, you know, sort of from start to finish what we mean when we say a funnel? Sure, it's a very systematic way to be able to get people to micro-commit for them to take action with you, which you know, for most lawyers is for them to become your clients. So how do you do that? You know, there's a very systematic process behind that, which we could talk about. Let me just quickly summarize it. You know, to, so typically when somebody finds you online, they have a problem. And in order for them, you know, for you to hire them, they need to take this series of steps. So what is that, those steps? The first is you usually wanna get their contact information. You wanna get their name and email, maybe sometimes their phone number as well. And then that's the first action. The second thing is you want to nurture, build relationship. So that's where videos and emails come into play. Be able to basically use those videos and emails to be able to build that relationship with them in an automated way. And the third aspect of it is automation. Again, using a lot of automated emails, automated texts, videos that are, you know that you build once that are delivered to your clients to get them to basically to get them to either schedule a call with you or to give you directly a call. And then those calls lead to basically the sales, to signing up the clients. And you know, once you create the system once, then you refine this over and over and you keep bringing more and more people to the beginning of the funnel. And all of a sudden, you, the beauty of it is once you have this working for you, then you have clients coming in 24-7 around the world you know, at, at any time. And it's, it basically creates an automated client generating system. Yeah, there you go. So automated client generating system. Now, as you describe it, I imagine it works, uh, well, there's different, I'm sure, other ways, different ways that it's customized for whatever practice area, but are there specific practice areas that this works particularly well for? 
I like to say that funnels works for anytime your clients have any problems that you need to solve. So it's just the system that you apply for your own law firm. Are there particular ones that work better? Sure. But I think that's just because maybe you haven't really, people haven't really explored the other other niches yet, but I could imagine this kind of funnel system applying for every type of law. Could work for cool every other. Yeah. And the cool thing is I, I see this funnel system is kind of like a revolution of websites. You know, in the last 20, 30 years, websites was the main way for people to be able to find you online and you know get them to become your clients. But now all these websites are slowly transitioning to a funnel system, which is basically a lot more streamlined, kind of less is more, more clear way to get your prospects to take action with you. So it's great as you say prospects take action. As lawyers, uh, obviously, we are very guarded with our time. How do you prevent this from just generating a lot of people that, I mean, you spoke before, call to action being, you know, getting on the phone with somebody. I can tell you that for me, certainly if it's a, you know, a retained client, of course, they're going to get me on the phone. We're going to talk through things, but I'm not looking for a whole bunch of people to reach out, looking for, you know, a 30 minute consult with me. How do you deal with that? So you qualify them either with an application or inside of whenever uh, the software they used for them to be able to schedule a time with you. So for example, let's be practical. Calendly, you can ask very specific qualifying questions where you know you need these questions answered before you talk to them. So you'll be able to sometimes review their answers. A lot of lawyers and a lot of professors don't know, like don't realize that you have the power to cancel meetings. Just you don't have to take on every meeting you get. You go to review their answers. If they're not a good fit, you know, you send a nice message. Hey, I'm sorry, I won't be able to help you, but maybe here's a good guide that could help you on this journey. That's how I'm able to pretty much qualify and you know be able to serve as many clients as I could. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's a little bit of pre-qualification. At what point, again, you're asking a lawyer, we're, you know, as lawyers having this conversation, I'm just wondering at what point is there a, a solicitor client relationship? Obviously, if they're just reaching out, you know, they've taken that first step. Your first interaction with them, I guess you got to be sensitive to you. How do you qualify it? How do you qualify to uh, I guess address that issue? The solicitation issue? Uh, no, no, not solicitation itself. Although I guess there's some rules there to be followed as well. I can't imagine this puts you offside of any of those rules, although perhaps uh, maybe the presentations itself would. That's, I guess, another conversation as well. I'm thinking more for the establishment of a solicitor-client relationship. You know, as soon as you go back to them, I think, you know, or any lawyer employing such a system would have to be concerned as things were going back to a prospective client that's reached out, uh, you'll need to consider or at least qualify, right? To ensure that uh, the solicitor-client relationship is defined early. I guess you do probably do that earlier on in the system, don't you? Yeah, you can stunt through that qualification early on, pretty much, yeah. So you just tailor it or have, obviously your first replies being, among other things, qualifying. This is not yet establishing a solicitor-client relationship. Yeah, yeah, interesting, okay. Okay, so take us through. So when we talk about generating a million dollars, I mean, it's a lot more, or is it all automated? I guess it's part of their delivery of services they are automated as well, or I mean, uh, take us all the way through the process. Sure. Yeah. So there's different teams established. One team that handles, they're pretty much signing up the clients. So, you know, that comes with, you know, sales teams, but essentially we're trained in, you know, being able to sign up clients. And then once they're signed up, then they're handed off to the admin team, the team that handles the client onboarding, getting all the questions that we need answered. If something needs to be done, then that also there's a lot of automation involved to be able to serve the clients, like, you know, templates, Clio, a lot of different ways to be able to kind of take a lot of the tedious and repetitive tasks off the team's hands and use a lot of online tools to be able to, to, be able to do it. A lot of times people, whenever they hear that, they always think like, well, now I also need to become like on a McDonald's. I don't want to serve the same burger over and over. 
But actually, if you think about it, if you're able to kind of work on your systems and kind of templatize your systems and your, you know, your templates and things like that, then actually you're able to refine the service that you bring to your clients. So the language they use gets refined over time, the directions you give to them and what you deliver to them gets refined over time. So actually it's, it's poor client. It helps the client to be able to get a better service by kind of providing a more templatized cookie cutter kind of service. Yeah, exactly. Once you've gone through the process to get to the spot where there has to be something customized, and that obviously involves the lawyer's time or the lawyer's expertise, if you will. Yeah, I can certainly see that working. A lot of what you're describing, Sam, are, I guess, programs that some of us, a lot of us are probably familiar with. You're using a lot of off-the-shelf products, obviously, and integrating them into a system, right? So you mentioned ClickFunnels. Uh, A lot of people use Clio or a lot of the lawyers using Clio that you see? Yeah, Clio seems to be the most popular case management software for lawyers these days. They do an exceptional job with marketing. I'm not sure whether they have the best program, but at least they're the most popular. Yes, they become so, right? I think they've just gone public or there's, there's some money that's been uh, earmarked towards, uh, as you say, marketing, which I think has uh, resulted in so many people actually using it now. And you mentioned Calendly. So using something like that to simply interact with a uh, calendar system as well. Are there any other off-the-shelf sort of products that uh, you see integrated quite frequently? Yeah, there's one that I highly recommend to most of your listeners is Loom, L-O-O-M.com. It's a way for you to be able to quickly make videos on your computer that you're able to use to provide instructions to your team. I usually use Loom for that for the most part, but you also be able to make customized videos for your clients, for your prospects to be able to kind of be able to communicate really fast and easy with them. I use it, let's just say, if I get a very complicated email, I don't want to sit there and you know write out a comprehensive reply back. So what I do, quick two buttons, ding, ding, it records my screen. And it also takes a cool little video of me, puts on the top right, and also records my screen. And I'm able to kind of review their email and answer the questions for them. Click stop. It automatically creates a link for me. And I basically copy and paste that link into the email. And then when, once the client clicks on it, then be able to kind of get the most comprehensive answer they could get from me. It's very, it just makes communication so much easier if I be able to record these videos for, for your Yeah, absolutely. Team. It's brilliant because it's also very efficient as well, right? Uh, so it, it gets the information across in a very clear fashion and very efficiently. Yeah, exactly. And you'd be able to sometimes, one, if you be able to make one video, let's just say if you have to provide instructions to your clients to provide them, okay, what you should do, you create one video that gets sent to all of your clients. So yeah, it saves a lot of time by able to you know create videos. How do you videos organize are, all those? So you have a bunch of different videos describing or you know explaining different things. Do you have it all in a database or is it just serve something? Is there just saved somewhere that you can then pull draw from? Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you're gonna use it for. So for example, I have what I call an onboarding protocol, which is every time a new team member joins the law firm, I don't want to sit there and explain exactly what my law firm is, what services I offer. So I kind of created this McDonald's franchise model, like a set of instructions, standard of operations, if you can call it that, to be able to add all of these Loom video instructions in there. So that every time I get a new hire, they just go into this Google Doc, this onboarding protocol, and review all the Loom videos so that they'll be able to kind of catch up. And within a couple of days, they're fully trained and know how to do the, how to be able to serve our clients without me needing to directly train them. Yeah, that's brilliant. And is there a captured, obviously can be leveraged or used time and time again, as you onboard new people. You bring in a lot of people right now, like obviously you're growing, if you're generating the type of fees that you have now, what kind of team do you have supporting you? About at this point, 80 virtual assistants, at least, I lost count, but at least 80. This is across about seven law firms now. 
And also I do a lot of uh, legal client generation for other firms, actively involved with a lot of, again, client generation and kind of creating systems for lawyers. Again, being in the trenches of actually doing it, not just like, you know, theory stuff, no actual application of this. And then I think we're now we're close to 400 clients a month, which is about, I guess it adds up to about 4,000, 5,000 clients a year at this point across. Again, it's not just one law firm, it's multiple law firms. That's um, unbelievable. That's quite a volume. Now, these law firms, so are you pharmac? Do other law firms in or how are you involved with the law firms themselves? Sometimes it's, it's my own law firms. Sometimes, you know, it's done through getting involved with the, just the client generation side and then letting the law firms deal with the, you know, serving the clients. You're serving the actual needs of the client. Yeah. And what about jurisdiction wise, Sam? Is that right across the US? Is it uh, beyond the yeah, US? Yeah, across the US. Ideally, I love having able to serve clients across the US. That's like my ideal target demographic. If not, uh, I'm in here in California. So that's my also another big niche I'm in. Yeah. So obviously California would be sensitive to licensing. I guess the idea is, and then you would need to establish if it goes beyond that, a network of people licensed in other jurisdictions, if need be, right? Uh, reaching across. What do you have in terms of a network that way? How have you built that out? The network is all done online. So the big one is I have a Facebook group called the Legal Funnel Members for Lawyers. I created this group two years ago. And I honestly, when I started, I had no, you know, ulterior motive with it. It was just literally to, for me to be able to kind of share all the stuff that I was doing for six months. I just sat there made videos, good content added to the Facebook group and, you know, kind of organically built up a following. And now we're at 1400 lawyers there. Very active. Right there, there's your network. Yeah, so 1,400 active lawyers that are participating and sharing within that environment as well. Sharing, yeah. yeah, filling out applications, filling out people sharing their problems, things like that. So I kind of get this amazing bird eye view of people, of lawyers' problems, the, the tools that they're using. And I'm the cool thing is, you know, it's not for me. I take all that and I summarize it and I put it back, you know, put it, give it back to the group. But yeah, it's a cool place to be, kind of to be able to get that value and be able to network with each other. Yeah, that's great. So that's at Facebook. What was it? You want to point us there again? Legal funnel members. Legal funnel members. Good. Yeah, if you just search it on Facebook and if you put it into the search world, you're able to find it and join. And it's growing every day. I think we get about 30 to 40 new lawyers a week at least. But yeah, feel free to join if you're a lawyer. No, that's wonderful. Yeah, if you're listening, feel free to join that. It's obviously just growing the network from there and sharing best practices, which then you're able to turn around. And uh, So how does somebody work with you then? Like uh, by extension, obviously you've been giving a lot back. But I'm, you know, there's a business aspect to this as well. So what does that look like? Sure. So when I earned my first one, that was kind of like a proof of concept where I was able to work on the system for five years. It wasn't just, again, it wasn't uh, theory. It was things that I actually did for myself. So when I came back from this conference that gave me this award, I basically changed my mindset where I basically, I'm like, I'm going to basically kind of be able to help out lawyers, other lawyers to be able to, again, based on things that I've done myself, be able to share that. Mm-hmm. So now I basically have a coaching program for lawyers where I teach these concepts of client generation. Again, always I'm very straight to the point when it comes to have it, be able to generate clients. So I share those directly. Also, I'm all about automation and be able to, you know, for this kind of law firm to run on its own, which is, I think, beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That's like, that's what really makes me happy to be able to have something that's living, you know, breathing organism that's, you know, that's doing its thing. And then I'm also... I have a very streamlined uh, system for getting a lot of Google reviews. I kind of had foresight three years ago. Actually, never shared this story. About three, four years ago, I got a one-star review on Google. And at the time, I only had like three reviews on Google. 
And I was so disappointed. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do I get this review? And to this day, I still don't know who it was. But I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm, what am I going to do? And I realized I'm like, the best way to defend against this review is maybe I should go get more reviews. And also had realized that Google will probably be the best place to collect reviews and not probably not Yelp or Avo or any, any of those other places or Facebook. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to get as many reviews as I could. And then at the same time, I was applying these funnel concepts. And one of the fundamental concepts behind getting a funnel to work is getting people to micro commit, getting people to take a small action towards you, not doing a big ask. So for example, let me give the opposite analogy of what a funnel is. If somebody puts up an ad and says, hey, give us a call, that's the anti-funnel. I don't operate that way. Instead, it's like getting people to kind of come towards you in a, in a very easy step, providing value to get them to take action. So I took this kind of concept and I applied it for gathering Google reviews, where I basically, I do the ask first, hey, do you mind if I send you a link to leave me a review? And once people say yes, then I give them a link. Then I give them a link for them to leave me a review. And it's very subtle. Again, the typical way is to just send the link. Hey, thank you so much. You've been an amazing client. Here's, here's the link for you to leave a review. Don't do that. That doesn't work. That's what most people do. And that's the reason why most of your clients don't leave reviews. Instead, get them to say, yes, I will leave you a review. Once they have committed themselves to actually leave me a review, then they're way more likely to actually leave you a review. So, I, so, so that's the lesson. What's the result of that is I have about, I believe, 2,300, 2,400 Google reviews from one of my law firms applying this exact kind of concept. So really good value for you guys. If you guys are in any kind of business, you have your own business, change up your ask and it will make a huge difference. Yeah, that's right. It's the psychology of it, right? As you say, just that little difference makes all the world of difference, doesn't it? That's great. That's a great, great tip there. What is, uh, in terms of, uh, you mentioned website and uh, I appreciate that's a different tool, right? Uh, but what are some attractive things on the, on the website? Or what are you, I mean, I just looked at you quickly and you got very little in terms of website presence, don't you? Like, what do you look for for websites itself? I do have websites, but I like to look at websites like as landing pages. Mm. That means I want to make it very clear what I want them to do next. So I don't have multi-page websites. You mm-hmm. know? When I make new websites for my new law firm, it's one page. And I have the main components that your website should address. So let's talk about that. So mm. your website, first of all, the above the fold, which is the part where you, as soon as the page loads, that's the most important part of your website where people need to know exactly how you can help them and how they could come and contact you. So make sure that your website addresses those two things. And usually less is more when it comes to websites. Mm-hmm. Don't, say, don't say too much. The good analogy I could give is that, you know, when you go on a date, you don't want to be sit there and talk about too much about yourself. Instead, if you're confident, you, you know, you're asking, you're making it all about your other person that you're on a date with. So you talk about them, you ask them questions. And then when it comes to you, you know, you're more straight to the point. You're, you know, you're confident and you say it as it is. So, so your website should be the same, you know, say less, make it all about your prospects, talk about their problems, provide your solution and provide a very clear call to action on what they should do next. You know, when you ask somebody out on a date, you don't say, Hey, you do want to hang out? No, instead you say, Hey, how does three, you know, 3 PM sound on Thursday. So be very specific with what you want them to do. Hmm. Yeah, good advice. Again, not just related to just law firms or lawyers, but for really for any business in general, right? Looking to do it the right way. So there's your for your website. And then, you know, part of the call to action, obviously, is getting someone into a funnel, right? So is there things that you give away through that process or you're answering, I guess, questions initially, right? Is what's drawing people into the funnel? 
Yeah. One of the secret sauces of getting a funnel to work is make sure your websites and your funnels are not about you or what type of lawyer you are. So for example, I'm not a business lawyer. Instead, I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So these funnels, the secret sauce again is you're solving one specific problem for your dream clients. So these funnels are based on the problem. Again, nothing about me being a business lawyer. And I see this mistake with estate planners. They talk about your, how you do estate planning, you do this. <laughs> your prospects have no idea what that means. They have a problem, you can help them. So talk in that language, problem, solution kind of language. Yeah, and I guess, again, applies to sort of any type of business that you see this great, that same kind of uh, concept. This is all, and I'm not that familiar with, this is all then, is it on your webpage that's occurring? Or is that where it's actually going through ClickFunnels? Is it actually going through separate, uh, it's going through separate software at that point, right? Yeah, so you still have your website because people are still gonna, everybody that hires you will Google you. It's like a 99.9%. Yep. So you still want to have that presence. However, your website is not meant to be used to be able to generate clients. For the purpose of generating clients, that's where I supplement my website with a funnel where basically it becomes, it's a part of your website as a subdomain where anytime I do any kind of paid ads or client generation, I want to send those people to the funnel. I never send anybody to my website because if they go to my website, they might get lost. They might go to my blogs and get lost around there. Instead, if I send them to the funnel, there's only one thing you can do and you're kind of following my lead. Well, first thing, I'm, I need to get your contact information. Next thing that you need to do is you need to watch this video before you get on the call. Third, I want you to book a meeting. After that, I want you to, after you book a meeting, maybe I want you to go to my, join my Facebook group, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel to be able to get nurtured more. So you're making it very clear what you want to do. And it's usually one thing. So, you know, there's no links, there's nothing. It's just literally just, you know, less is more again. And you're making it very clear what you want to do. Yeah. And I see that, Sam, you, you just to say less is more, but it's very clean. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of offering there. It's not a lot of bells and whistles. It's just, here's where we're going with this. Right. And like, obviously that's your philosophy and the way you want to go with it. Yeah. And the thing is, here's the crazy thing. Websites don't get your clients. Funnels do. So, you know, I've done experiments where basically, you know, there's traffic sources, which is where you could get leads and people to come visit your website with the same traffic source. I ran tests where I would send people to a website. And then the one, there was ones where I would send the same traffic to my funnel. And this one would lose money, straight up lose money. Not just, me, you know, get me clients. I would actually lose money from this. And this one would make a lot of money. And that was like kind of like a breakthrough for me. Like, you know, websites don't get your clients. Websites lose you money. Instead, funnels, you know, make you money. That's so interesting. So what's your philosophy on uh, SEO and all these? I mean, because so many, you know, so many lawyers in particular spend so much time and money on uh, SEO and working with people that are optimizing all that for them. Yeah, I'm probably going to piss off a couple people. I'm actually, like, let me share my background. I've done seven years of SEO myself. However, I think 98% of people that do SEO are straight up, if they're paying for SEO, they're straight up wasting money. I, I don't think it's a good ROI. It, um, again, being very blunt, I don't think it's a good money spent on SEO. It's gotten more competitive. It's super saturated. Organic is getting less and less views. And even if you do get views, then it doesn't really turn into conversions. Yeah, I'm pretty much, and, and I, the reason why I share this is because I see so many of my own students, you know, spending two to three K a month on SEO and I go put their website into SEM Rush, which is a tool that you're able to look up mm-hmm. their, their SEO. And I, and I'm like, Hey, did you know that your SEO is like, it's pretty much like you have nothing going on. 
and they've been doing SEO for like two years. Mm-hmm. So I just tell them like, cut off the SEO, say, take that money instead, put it into paid ads, such as Google ads and Facebook ads, and YouTube ads and things like that. And you will get a much higher ROI that way. It's so interesting you say that. Yeah, because I mean, people are spending, as you say, two, $3,000 a month doing it. Is there maybe a combination approach? Does it make sense to sort of maybe start with that and do that for a little while and then uh, flip over to the paid ads? If you are going to do SEO, take that same effort and put it into YouTube. YouTube, let me give you guys an example. For one of my law firms, I've been doing SEO for seven years, you know, which took a lot of my time, a lot of my money, resources, teams, companies of SEOs that I hired. There's that. And then also have a YouTube channel that I have one of my employees post three videos a week, which doesn't take that much of, you know, of his time. And most of our clients right now are coming from YouTube and not from seven years of SEO. So it just shows you, you know, the economy of, you know, where your clients are in 2021. So I think, again, I'm sorry if I'm pissing off a lot of people. I think SEO is a thing of the past. I think it's more about, again, paid ads, or if you are, you know, are trying to do content, then go into YouTube. YouTube world is like so much more effective than blogging. And it's interesting as you say that because especially lawyers are very slow to adopt, right? Or, you know, no secret to anybody that it takes them a long time. So they're probably following along the SEO curve as many have because they've always been told that and they're not over on the YouTube or not on the other side of things, uh, uh, certainly as much as they need to be. And that's why obviously listening to a show like this is going to assist anybody that's making those choices themselves right now, aren't they? Yeah. And I hope somebody who's listening right now be able to, again, again, I don't mean, I don't mean to offend anybody, but I hope people to kind of take, take this advice and do something about it. Yeah. So interesting. So yeah, you see on the YouTube side or not as much on the SEO side, but on the YouTube side and creating content, obviously. I find that we get a lot of traction from uh, things come specifically from specific things we've blogged on, right? So, you know, people are looking for specific answers. I think kind of what you said. And so they found it, you know, through the system, the information offered on the firm's website. I think, Sam, I know what you'd say is that that's great, but that's not concentrated or focused the way a, a funnel could be, right? If it's working, that's fine. But just take that also make a video about it. And I promise you, if I check in with you within like 24 months, I promise you we get probably five to 10 X more clients from YouTube than, than your blog. But, you know, you know, and the other thing to me, keep in mind too, is, you know, you got to find your, what you're good at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you are a good writer and sustainably, you, you know, you can write consistently, then maybe blogging is probably going to be better for you. But if you're, you know, you like being on camera, then, you know, whatever that sustainably makes sense for you. you know? So don't just fall into like, well, I heard that this is better. Should I be doing Instagram too? Well, are you an Instagram user? Do you usually get on Instagram? If you haven't, it's probably going to, you're going to have a hard time, you know, making Instagram work for you. So be very conscious of yourself, what you like and what you sustainably can do for a long duration of time. Yeah, absolutely. What you're comfortable with as well. And I guess almost as importantly, where are your clients, right? I mean, if your clients, I guess there'd be some people's clients that are on Instagram, probably not a lot of them. I don't think a lot of mine are on Instagram. So I guess you got to go where your clients are as well, don't you? Yeah. But let me give you guys a big macro view kind of for most professionals, 70 to 80% of your clients are going to come from two sources, either Google or Facebook. So you, you, you typically want to play one of those two games and nothing else. Anything outside of that is, you know, you're playing maybe the, that's where the five, 10% of the clients are, but those two are covered the majority. So just go focus on one of those. Two. I agree. If you're leaving out word of mouth. I mean, that's the reality is the majority of work, certainly the majority of work that I see in those of uh, the firms that I work with is from word of mouth first. And then it's these other sources. Uh, 
obviously. And I guess for word of mouth, they're going to check your webpage. Or it's interesting, Sam, you describe how you don't send people to your website, you send them to your funnel. What's the URL? Actually, it's helpful for even for this show here. What's the URL? For, you know, people wanted to, see, to look this up, where would they go? Where would, they, where would you direct them? <laughs> so that's the thing. I don't want them to go. If they're, if they're not a, you know, my typical prospect for that, for the problem, I don't want them to go there for many reasons. But, you know, a lot of people that try to look me up, they're like, well, I can't see, I can't find his funnels. And the reason is, you know, the funnels only get shown to the people that are actively looking, Mm -hmm. looking up for that particular service. So either if you're, you know, Googling something, it may come through Google ads. Or if you're on Facebook, you know, if you're falling to my demographic, then you'll be able to see my ad and fall into the funnel that way. So a lot of people, you know, again, you may look at my website, like, where's the funnel? (laughs) So that's how, you know, the funnel works. And two... I don't, you know, want my prospects that are not meant to be there to be there. Why? Because if you go there, you're going to get retargeted for the next 90 days <laughs> right? for that particular service. And, you know, I don't necessarily want you to, you know, seeing those ads and clicking on it and you don't want to be seeing those ads. So if it makes sense, you will fall into the funnel and be tar- retargeted the next couple of months. And yeah, it works really great. So you're pretty much, you're creating, imagine like a custom personalized billboard that only that person needs to see, sees it. And then once you open that door, then only you are in that world and you know exactly, you have clarity on exactly what you need to do in order for you to get your problem solved. Right. So, you know, again, as we said before, it's sort of customized or tailored to whatever particular legal solution that particular lawyer is providing. Exactly. Yep. Well, that's great stuff there. So now you do, I mean, obviously practice, but you help coach others how to do this as well, right? What is it? What does a coaching engagement look like with you? So it's a group coaching program, a very systematic way where I basically provide video instructions with a worksheet that you'll be able to kind of watch the video, implement, fill out your worksheet, and very, again, very practical things. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is the stuff that you have to do to be able to, again, grow. The end goal is for you to be grow an automated virtual law firm. And then we also get on once every two weeks, we get on Zoom in a everybody gets on camera and it's pretty cool. Actually, this past Tuesday was our biggest session. We had 59 lawyers all on at the same time. I'll think about the billable time right there, right? (laughs) Right. And that was my biggest, I think actually my biggest achievement was a couple of weeks ago, but I had a training and I had 178 lawyers show up live at the same time. And even an hour and a half in, I still had like 130 lawyers in and I was like, out of all the things I had done to be able to get <laughs> lawyers yes. to show up live and, you know, get keep their attention for that long. I think. That speaks volumes as you say that <laughs> it is because, uh, yeah. you know, when you put that many lawyers together, we're, we're doing it in our heads, right? People, we're sitting there counting the billable minutes that are uh, being spent. So obviously there's value there. And, and uh, the fact that they stayed or they stuck with uh, demonstrates that they were seeing the value there as well. So, and, you know, what, are you, what types of things are you going through in that session? The first part is, you know, teaching about automation and delegation. So automation is just using online tools to be able to replace you. And delegation is using people to replace you. So for automation, there's 20 specific tools that I, you know, I use a little bit more than 20, but there's two 20 specific tools that I share inside the program that really helps you to be able to replace yourself. And then for when it comes to delegation, I teach how to hire, how to find, hire, manage uh, virtual assistants these are people typically from overseas that speak English really well, that are very smart, that be able to kind of help you and get things off your hands. So once you learn how to get things off your hands, then I teach you how to generate clients online for your law firm. And then along with that comes a lot of random bonuses and templates and instruction, things like that, that I share. And then we also get into the whole, you know, gathering Google reviews, 
and a lot of other stuff. So yeah, a lot of random. A lot of value from that. Now, stuff. how do you charge for that? Or what does that look like? Is uh, I guess enrolling in the program. That's we only share that once people apply for legal funnel, you know. And the reason why we do that is we want to make sure that people don't disqualify themselves just based on the price. We want to make sure that first of all the program makes sense for you. You're at the right place where you need to be able to join this program. If you do, then we you know we then we you know provide more details about the program and you know send you an invite. Yeah, all the ways you're describing from before. And so where again, where is the spot to go to look for that or for someone's listening to this and interested in learning more? You just have to Google legal funnel. And you'll find the way your way. And then after that, you'll probably see me on your Facebook, on your YouTube, on your Google and everywhere. But very confident. Yeah. You're very confident just saying Google, you know, you talk about SEO, right? Just Google legal funnel and you're going to be, you're going to be one of the people. You're going to, yeah. You're yeah. going to see me for the next year. And a lot of times I always, I always joke around this, you know, in the beginning, you're probably like, okay, this guy is just talking out of his ass, whatever. But I promise you these things, you know, again, I've done it myself. Now I teach other lawyers to do it too, you know, and I have students who have been successful with applying the same concepts. And the thing is, this stuff isn't going away. It's not like it's a fade or, you know, thing. This is just the beginning of, you know, more lawyers coming online and realizing, wait, this is the only way to be able to get clients online. I can no longer have a law firm, like, you know, physical law firm and expect people to walk in. No, the only way to get clients, and I'm just here to be with you, is online. <laughs> There's no other way people are going to find you. So learn these concepts kind of the way I guess way to get people motivated to actually go and implement this stuff is to pretend like this is 1980s. And I just told you, Hey, real estate is going to be booming in the next 30 years. So go, you know, go buy your real estate right now. So same thing, go build your online business, your online law firm, something online, build that equity for yourself early. And again, it takes time for it to grow, but at least start off early, start that, you know, building that equity early so that it grows over time. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that, right? As you even describe it. So you don't necessarily have to say real estate in the area. You can say, you know, think even the way the law was five years ago, the way, you know, post COVID, everyone's doing things virtually, right? I mean, for crying out loud, we've been in lockdowns. The only way we've been able to do business is virtually. So obviously to be set up in the best ways to do that in a, on a go forward basis, it's, it's absolutely vital. When you're describing all these things, Sam, the one thing that uh, keeps coming back to me is you can only outsource so much of this, right? As a lawyer, as an attorney, you are also being hired for your particular expertise. How do you deal with that? Or, I mean, I imagine a number of the areas of law that we're discussing here are those that could be you know more automated. But at some point, as I say, the attorney's opinion is required and the client is actually going to want that lawyer's time. How do you address that? Sure. So everything besides the part that you like doing yourself should be automated or delegated. The, my training, my last training that I you know, had all these lawyers join, I basically got everybody to write down all the tasks that they work on. And the way to kind of come up with this is there's four zones of tasks that you work in. The first is the drudgery zone, which is a zone where you, these are tasks that you don't like doing and you're not necessarily good at either. So that's a drudgery zone, stuff that you hate and you're not necessarily good at. The next zone is the disinterest zone, which is stuff that you don't like, but you're good at. So such as maybe you don't like, you know, calling up your, <laughs> calling up leads and following up with them, but you got to do it. And then there's another zone, which I forgot the name, but basically it's stuff that you like, but you're not necessarily good at. Mm-hmm. And is, you know, you write that down. And the last zone, which is the zone you want to be is the desired zone. These are the tasks that you like doing and you're also good at. So for everybody, they have, you know, they have their own things that they like doing and they're good at. That's ideally, you know, if you can work only in your desired zone and be able to hand off and automate everything else, that's basically where we want to be. That's the ultimate, you know, the haven where you want to kind of be 
that's the zone I'm personally in, which is pretty cool. And that's why I'm like so happy. And I wake up in the morning, like five, six in the morning with no alarm. I jump out of bed to be able to happily be able to start my work every day. And I, you know, that's what I try to push for other lawyers to be able to work in their desired zone. So whatever that is, you know, if your desired zone is legal work and you know, you want to do that, great. If not, why don't you go hire either virtual lawyers that could help you or, you know, in-house, somebody in-house that could be able to, you know, help you. So again, if everybody's different, that's why I don't want to say what you should do, whatever that is. I just want you to work in your desired zone. That's so, that's so astute. And that applies not just to lawyers or law firms, but anybody running a business anywhere, right? Or really anybody working anywhere, right? Uh, yeah. Anybody to, to go and the things that you enjoy, try to do those, have focus on the things that you do not do as much with and, and ideally be a part of a team or work with people that uh, round you out or, or compliment you in the best way possible. Correct. Correct. And one of the quotes that I shared is stress is when you have a lack of control. Okay. The best analogy for this is if you guys remember that infamous, I love Lucy episode with the conveyor belt. Right. Remember that? Yes. So the conveyor belt, it's on. So in the beginning, you know, there's some chocolates coming in and then, you know, the manager comes and checks on them. Oh, okay. They're handling it. Okay. Let's speed it up. And then the things, you know, speeds up. And then all of a sudden she loses control. So that's where she basically gets really stressful. And now she starts taking the chocolate, put it under her head and, you know, it starts tucking it away. And that's what lawyers do. And that's what most professionals do. You know, in the beginning, you know, you're doing some stuff and then things pile on and all of a sudden you get stressed. And that stress is, again, it is because of that lack of control that you're trying to do everything yourself and you're not probably, you're not delegating enough. You're not automating enough. And instead, you know, we want to be able to slow down that, you know, that treadmill and so that you'd be able to only, you know, pick up the chocolates that you like and leave the other ones for the, you know, for your team members to pick up. Oh, that's great. That's a great uh, way of putting it. Really appreciate that. What, so you talk uh, and describe that you're in the place that you want to be. What, what place is that? Uh, obviously it's building this and teaching this, right? Sitting behind my computer, just like this. I literally, I love working from my room and it's a lot of communications, providing a lot of instructions for these systems to be built. So I actually have a I have a quote uh, above me and I came up with this myself and I kind of felt conceited when I came up with it. And I'm like, and I actually had to double check it with my mentor. I'm like, is there something wrong with me if I say this to myself? And here's the quote. I get paid to think and other people get paid to do. Okay. (laughs) I get paid to think and other people get paid to do, which again, sounds a little bit weird. I I know that, but that's essentially what I do. I know I come up with the systems and I provide instructions for it to be built and for, you know, yeah, essentially that. So that's what I do. I kind of create the systems behind this whole automated virtual law firm. And, and again, it makes sense, right? I mean, a lot of thinkers get paid to do just that, right? There, there needs to be people, people that initially do the creation and obviously the implementation and, you know, all the way through there, there's uh, different steps and different roles for different people to fit into that. Uh, you've defined yours uh, quite astutely. And that's, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. And it keeps you excited. Part. I get you up in the morning as well, which is wonderful exactly. to hear. Yeah. And again, the important part of the, I'm not saying that's the, where you want to be. Again, everybody's different. Everyone has to decide mine, for themselves. That's right. That's, yeah. that's where yours is. You're, you, that's you, what mine yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. You've reflected on it. You're aware of that and uh, you live by that. Now you've got this mentor. Tell me more about that relationship. Obviously people are very interested in it. Obviously it does something for you. Yeah. So I always heard about the power of mentorship. Luckily, organically, I fell into it. You know, I had this, basically he was a consultant to one of my clients that I was basically doing client gener- generation for. And organically became close. And now he's my close mentor that I talk to on a daily basis. And he pretty much, anytime things come up throughout the day, I write it down in my notes 
so that when I, as soon as you no know, next time he calls me or I call him, I'm able to get these questions answered. You know, we we talk it out, we brainstorm together. And the important part is, you know, as a mentor, he kind of gives you a bigger vision and gives you clarity that's beyond you. You know, you think you know it all, but I can tell you, most people, someone outside of you can see things a little bit more clearly. So whether it's some, you know, some people use their spouse for this, that's totally okay. Friends, it's totally okay. But ideally, if you have somebody you know is a little bit more successful than you, has is a little bit older, more mature, more experienced, to be able to kind of get that mentorship from them is super, super invaluable. And once I you know got this amazing that I get this amazing value from my mentorship, I'm like I have to be able to do this for other people myself. So that's kind of like the vision with Legal Funnel, kind of for me to bid this mentor to you know a lot of lawyers at the same time. It's beautiful. It's great. It makes me you know. It gives me reason to be happy on a daily basis, to be able to give and well, also be able to receive on the other end too. Yeah, you do that. You can see that it uh, just exudes from you. And obviously, appreciate all that uh, you've offered here. You're quite willing to share the secret sauce as well, right? Uh, you know that uh, it's helping others and uh, leading others into the right place as well, and possibly to you in the course of doing all of that as well. It's interesting you describe this. You're clearly a very motivated person. Actually, first, I got to ask, I'm going to come back to motivation, but I want to ask, when you say write down notes, do you mean you physically write on a piece of paper? No, not done. Not okay. I got to, I got to ask that because, uh, yeah, for one, I mean, cause you said write down notes. Well, he sounds like one of the last people I can imagine actually writing down on a piece of paper. <laughs> so I was printed if, and then if I need to like really think deeply about it, then I scribble some stuff on it. But you know, again, whatever that makes sense for you, but or I do Loom or something like that. I know you're doing a lot of recording as well. Right. So it's uh, yeah, it's interesting to say that. Uh, do you okay. use anything like otter data, otter.ai or any of the uh, transcription? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> more recorded, more recorded, I see as well. So yeah, no, it's just, just okay. Anyway, I wanted to ask yeah. that, that because it just it <laughs> jogged at me, as you said, to write it down. What does motivate you? You're obviously, you're clearly uh, well-read. You're clearly motivated. You clearly enjoy what you're doing. What drives you? I think it's just working that desired zone and also working on your own project and your own baby. You know, I'm all about, you know, not every, I don't think everybody needs to be a business owner or entrepreneur, but the ones who are capable of doing it, I think it's the best way of living because it's your own, you know, able to work on it. So I think it's just that, be able to kind of have a way to express myself, be able to create on my own projects that I don't, I don't need other people to tell me what to do. Again, not for everybody. Some people need to be told, but if you have that capability to be able to be self-motivated and be able to work on your own projects, I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's why I asked the question as well, because not everybody is motivated that, the, that way. I know that. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, some very successful, and it's a different mindset. To be an entrepreneur is a different mindset. There's plenty of people that uh, you know are comforted by being told or are comforted by having that regular employment or things that the, they know they can settle into. It's a different mindset from an entrepreneur. And you got to be willing to accept, you know, Failure, you know, the ups and downs of that as well. And uh, not everybody can do that. Obviously, obviously an entrepreneur can, or a, a certainly a successful one that keeps coming back for the pain and punishment that is involved in running your own business. Sure. And one advice, one practical advice I could share about this is that your results lag your actions by six to 12 months. That's how I see it. You know, I just do, and I don't expect anything at all. And, you know, and I just, you know, again, no expectations. So you got to give without expecting. And then typically I've seen it that it takes usually six to 12 months for 
whatever you've done in the past to come back to you. Yeah, that's so such just, a good, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, you reap what you sow and, and certainly, yeah, certainly that's it, or you get out what you put in, right? The, that's certainly very clear. And as you say, it's uh, something in the, in the future and you've obviously sat and watched it. And uh, interesting from a funnels perspective that uh, you're even saying that because, uh, you know, there's obviously an, an upfront investment and some learning and time and energy, and then you'll see the results of that. Now we talk click funnels. Uh, I'm trying to think about the other places where you might see this. And obviously you're a proponent of click funnels, but I've seen things like Kajabi and uh, things like that. Are those equivalents or how, do, how would you rate those with each other? I think I might be biased, but I don't think I'm biased. I think ClickFunnels is the best funnel software. Dev also have a big community behind them and they have a lot of other stuff like the awards that kind of gives you a vision. It gives you something to strive for, towards. Honestly, I don't, if they didn't have such an award, I don't think I would have done a million dollars, you know, online. So, you know, those stuff, the community, the conference that they have once here called ClickFunnels Funnel Hacking Live, which is I think is in September, highly recommended. You know, these those things kind of really helps you kind of be successful. The conference, the Funnel Hacking Live, I highly recommend it. If you guys are intrigued about online stuff, definitely check it out and see if you can show up. I went last year and it changed my life. Um, kind of it was four thousand people, these hungry, passionate people who are kind of they're doing what they love. They're not really told what to do. And it was like this kind of like amazing atmosphere, place to be. Learned a lot. Got a big vision for when I came back, you know, that I was able to apply a legal funnel for it, which obviously became successful. So yeah, if you're intrigued, intrigued about this stuff, definitely check out that conference. Yeah, that's the, the place the to go with that. Yeah. Obviously, and it's obviously done well by you, uh, Sam. Uh, thanks for being here with us today. I really, really appreciate it. I know you've got another uh, is a gold record uh, that's coming as a result of your success. So congratulations for that. Thank, um, thank I like you. to end these shows. Again, thank yeah. you. Uh, you've given us uh, some wonderful advice here. I like to end these shows with one thing that people can uh, take with them through the rest of the day, through the rest of the week. And uh, I mean, again, you've given us some wonderful things here, but something philosophical or something that's obviously worked for you. And again, I know you've given us many, but just one thing sort of as a parting shot of a way of ending uh, today's show uh, that, uh, <laughs> for anybody listening, if they were to put it into practice starting today, you know, through, through the rest of this week and perhaps the rest of the, the month carrying on, what would that one thing be? Let me, you know, I want to make you make sure it's good. If you don't mind, I'm going to pull out my list of quotes or secrets. Absolutely. Take a minute as you're doing that as well, because <laughs> you, as you describe that, I mean, it's a challenge, right? To, when, especially I always ask the question, you know, give us one thing. And uh, which is a tough question, as you said, because it doesn't have to be, frankly, one thing. And there's no right or wrong answer here. It's what resonates with, uh, you know, with the interviewee. And in this case, the fact that it took you somewhere immediately, I want you to go there and see what you got. <laughs> All right, I got it. So here it is. So if you're having a hard time convincing your leads to become clients, so if you're any kind of business and you have leads, you have people that's like, I need this, or they maybe they fill out your contact form, say, I need this, but they haven't become your customers or clients yet. What do you do? So here it is. It's called KLT. Know, like, and trust. Know, like, and trust. That means your clients must know you, they must like you, and they must trust you before they become your clients. You need to be able to check off all those three. So like and knowing is they need to kind of see your face, hear your story. Who are you? Like is video. They need to like you. You need to have some personality to it. You know, don't be so formal, you know, you know, be a nice guy. And third is trust, which is your reviews. Show people of how you've helped other people in the past. Don't make promises, provide proof of that. So again, if you ever get to that situation, well, like I'm not getting enough clients, but I have these hundred leads that are sitting on my computer. Think about this concept, know, like, and trust, do something about it, create something. Again, I think I addressed 
pictures, videos, whatever that that's for each of those things and create those and then send it to your leads and don't ask, you know, just make it very clear what you want to do next. And you will see that you will get clients from that. Sam, that's absolutely wonderful. You say no, like, and trust, obviously uh, very, very astute words. Uh, if we're having this conversation in a year's time from now, what has happened between now and Ooh. then, you know, so we're, you know, <laughs> there's obviously another conference coming up. Uh, there may be another gold record on your wall, but yeah, let's, let's revisit this conversation in a year and what will have happened between now and then. I love that question. I think everybody should have kind of have that vision of what the next 12 months looks like. So I'm across, I basically studied the McDonald's franchise model to be able to see how I could do the same thing in the legal field. I was able to do it successfully for one type of law, and now we're applying it for the second type of law, basically be able to serve clients across the US for one particular niche and kind of be able to streamline that process of being able to sign up clients and serve them correctly. So that's where I'll be, you know, kind of having the second one done. And again, the objective is isn't just to get this up, it's to also serve the clients and make sure that they're that their problems are addressed and they're served. So yeah, that's what it would look like. Other than that, I also want to say great job on your part to be, I know it's not easy to be able to con- stay consistent with making uh, content for your audience. So great job to you. Uh, I wish you uh, more consistency and for you to stay on top of it and for your audience to continue growing. Sam, that's such wonderful stuff. Thank you for that. I look forward to checking in again with you in that, you know, in that one year's time. We'll look for that second area of law and the way it's been built out, uh, the way that you described here in the show. Thanks again so much for being on the show here today. And we look forward to seeing you next time on The Millionaire's Lawyer. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmcavoy.com. That's J-P-M-C-A-V-O-Y.com.